Hi, my name is Victor, and welcome to the Spring Break edition of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. As we progress through life, it's really important to get perspectives and wisdom from those who have gone before us. We can learn so much from their successes and regrets to build our lives in a way that would really honor God. So in this age and stage talk, Ian and Jenna speak to the freshman experience and how to make the most out of the next three years of college. Thank you guys so much for joining us today at the, uh, the freshman or the rising sophomore Asian stage. We're excited to have you all. Um, my name is Ian. This is my wife, Jenna. Hi. Um, to give a, a quick outline of the time today, um, I think we're going to spend a couple of minutes giving a very loose backstory on kind of who we are, our walk with God, how we moved in our lives in college, um, and then we're going to maybe spend 30 minutes going through some patterns that we've seen frequently in sophomores, and the patterns we're looking at are ones that aren't the best, and we're hopefully going to give you some ways to identify those and take some steps to fight against them to make your sophomore as fruitful as possible and really set yourselves up for your junior year really well and really for the rest of your lives really well. Um, and then there'll be maybe 20 minutes at the end, hopefully, for Q&A. So you guys can ask us some questions about that. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. Sweet. Um, I'm going to go first. Um, I'm from Sacramento, California. Uh, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, I came to Christ when I was a senior in high school. It was through a, a series of different events. I can talk more about that during the Q&A if you want, or like find me at dinner or sometime. Um, but I just came to the conclusion through some friends and difficult times that you know I, I really was not the good person I thought I was, and I needed Christ's forgiveness, and I needed his direction in my life to not fall into the things I was falling into at the time. So um, I really entered college knowing that I wanted to walk with God, but really not knowing anything. Like, I didn't have the background of Sunday school that a lot of other people had, or just youth group and stuff, so I just like straight from nothing. Um, and that ended up being like kind of good for me because I just knew I wanted to grow. And I think when I look back at my freshman year, um, I think it, I could really characterize it as a time where I learned what it looked like to have a daily walk with God, how to you know, invest in Him, my time in the Word, time in prayer, um, prioritizing fellowship, seeing the fruit from that, starting to learn how to do evangelism, and just see how He fit into my different decisions. Um, so freshman year was super, super fun. Um, going into my sophomore year, uh, I, I think I would really characterize it by maybe like faithfulness or consistency like a lot of the stuff I learned my freshman year I just started to put it into practice I started to prioritize it I started to you know just integrate it into my life and not let those things kind of fall by the wayside and uh, that set me up really well for my junior year um, where I was leading uh, life group for the first time actually I was working with freshmen now as a junior it was, it was super super fun um, and so I meet with guys train them up and that just continued into my senior year and now on staff um, and I'm also a part-time staff. I graduated with a degree in architecture four years ago, and I work full-time at an architecture firm, and then hang out with students after work. And, yeah, I feel like my time in college really just set the trajectory for my life and the vision for how I can be used in any context to make disciples and have, like, a growing relationship with him. So, 
story about me. Oh, I'm from Sacramento as well, after I said that. <laughs> Great. Well, like you said, my name is Jenna. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I love freshmen. I worked with freshmen a lot when I was a student, and you guys are at such an exciting stage of your life, I think. So I'm really excited to spend this time with you. I'll share a little bit of my story. Um, I graduated from USC in 2019, so I've been on part-time staff like Ian for almost three years. Um, I work full-time for a real estate and economic development consulting firm, so if you want to talk about that, I would love to. Um, and then I work part-time with Challenge, obviously. Um, before I came to USC, I, um, I really viewed God as like an extracurricular activity. My parents are Christians. I grew up like going to church, but it was very much something I did on Sundays, and like that was kind of it. I was hyper-focused on um, getting into a really good college, building up my resume to do that, getting a good job, making a lot of money, and making my family really proud. That was kind of my like focus and mission coming into USC. So obviously that changed a lot over the years. Um, I got plugged in with Freshman Connection at USC, which is the like freshman Bible study, um, and started taking some steps to get to know Jesus on a like personal relational level for the first time. Hey Kyle, come on in. Um, and was really, really impacted by the student leaders and staff that invested in me as a freshman. So, you know, getting plugged in with community and really learning what it means to have a relationship with God for the first time changed the trajectory of my college years um, and my, you know, walk with God to date, obviously. So some things that were helpful for me, like specifically in the sophomore season, I, um, the summer after my freshman year, I made a couple decisions that I think were really key in setting that trajectory. The first one was um, deciding to do Project Impact over the summer and really use my summer well and learning how to walk with God. Project Impact is like a summer training program that USC Challenge offers. So that was a really great opportunity that I chose to buy up. Um, and then the second one is um, deciding to to work with freshmen. Like I was, they were. I was asked to help lead the freshman Bible study as a sophomore, and that was like a big step for me. I was like really intimidated. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Um, but choosing to lean into that was really, really helpful, and God used that to grow my walk with Him in a lot of different ways, and really give me some vision for making disciples. I think. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Sweet. Um, and also, about eight and a half months ago, we got married. Oh, we did, so, yeah. So, yeah, that was exciting. Um, that was so fun. That was very fun. Great, great, great time. Um, but, yeah, it's a little bit about us. Um, and, you know, in general, um, over the last, like, seven, I guess, like, seven years, and we've seen so many sophomore classes come through, um, and these are just some of the patterns that we've seen. Um, yeah. And so the first one, the kind of in bold on your handout, there's the sophomore slump, sophomore wise fool, and the sophomore click. Um, so those are kind of the three we're going to look at and try and diagnose an antidote to be helpful to avoid those. Um, so the sophomore slump, what, what, is that? what does that mean? Um, I, I would say it's 
a general maybe sense of discouragement or anxiety um, that often results in sophomores kind of pulling back from community and maybe like isolating themselves a bit. That's kind of the response that we see. Um, you know, why does this discouragement happen? Um, some of the reasons that I think, uh, I think the first is just that the novelty of the college experience is gone. Like when you're a freshman, like everything is new. Everything's like really exciting. Um, and it's just fun to be a part of and there's just energy around it. And when you're a sophomore, like everything is ordinary. Like you did all the things, like it's just your routine. It's just like, you're you know. It sound worse than it is. Like. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, you know, it's not that bad. Um, I had a great sophomore year. Um, <laughs> um, I think the second thing is uh, you have a lot more responsibility. Um, more likely than not, your classes are going to get, um, you can have a hand up. Um, um, more likely than not, your classes are going to be significantly more difficult and are going to be a lot more demanding of your time. You'll have a lot more homework. Um, and there may be more expectations from your professors, from your parents, or from the university to, you know, get involved in more clubs, like be in a leadership position in some academic thing, you know, get an internship. Um, your professors are going to, like, baby you a lot less. They're going to expect you to, like, read the syllabus on your own or, like, check, I think, guess who's Blackboard? Yeah. yeah, like, check Blackboard on your own, you know. Um, you know, you have to, you're out of the dorms. You have to go grocery shopping. You have to cook your own food, you know. So a lot of times that additional responsibility can kind of be a weight. Um, on your sophomore year. Um, and the last kind of, I think, reason for, for seeing this is that um, you're sort of expected to take a little bit more initiative, I think, from the university as well as from, like, the leaders in challenge. Um, and I think the reason why that is is that, and you'll notice this when you, like, in the first couple of weeks of your sophomore year, like, there is so much energy put into reaching new students. And, like, I mean, a majority of the new students are freshmen, and so, like, coming in, like, they don't know what's available to them. Like, they don't know what challenges, what the challenge community is, and so there's a ton of effort and energy put into reaching them and saying, hey, like, we're available to you. Hey, come be a part of this community. Hey, come get to know God. Like, get to know some friends. Um, and as the sophomores, like, you guys have, like, you'll have been around. Like, you'll have seen what challenge is about. You'll know what challenge is about. And, like, you're probably not going to have, like, your freshman connection leader texting you, like, every day or, like, every week about every single thing going on. You know, like, because a lot of some of that energy is spent on the new students. Um, with that said, like, that attention you guys have had as a freshman, like, it's still available to you. Like, it's still there. Like, the staff, the student leaders, like, we love you guys so much. Like, we want you guys to flourish. Um, it's just often you'd be expected to take a little bit more initiative. Um, an example that comes to my mind, I think, was my roommate my sophomore year. I'm going to call him Brandon. Um, but this guy, he was, like, a poster child in a lot of ways. Like, I think he came to USC with a full ride. I think he was, like, top of his class in high school, like, the best at everything he did. He was... He was a uh, pre-med student in broadcast journalism. So he basically just had like a ridiculous number of classes. He was like a leader in like all these different clubs. He woke up at 5 a.m. every day to go to the gym. And I remember that he was just exhausted all the time. Um, and he let, I think, the expectations and the additional responsibilities of his life really dictate his schedule, dictate how he felt. And he was just 
like always discouraged, like always feeling down. And the result of that was, you know, challenge didn't become as much of a priority. Community wasn't as much of a priority. His time with God wasn't. And, you know, his relationship with God began to suffer. And the peace that he had from that, the confidence he had in his walk with God started to diminish as his walk with him diminished, you know. And pulling away from community resulted in, like, that support network not being there as much. And by the time he was a junior, he practically wasn't involved in anything at all. And it wasn't until his senior year he realized, like, wow, I, I made a lot of mistakes when I was a sophomore and when I was a junior. Like, I need to get more involved. Like, I've just neglected and ran away from God. And it was great seeing him come back around as a senior, and he started to grow, and it was really good. But, like, when you looked at him versus all the other seniors and, like, the growth they had, the impact and influence that they had, like, the tremendous, like, growth they had in college, like, like that was gone for him. Like, the opportunity passed. Um, and so I just wanted to share that as kind of an example of maybe someone kind of falling into the sophomore slump. How do you have? Yeah, I have, I have one example of someone that I saw that's similar in a lot of ways. Um, one of my friends, when I was a freshman, like we were freshmen together, I'll call her Morgan. Um, she's just this really sweet, amazing girl. And one of my good friends my freshman year, she came around to Freshman Connection just like I was. She came on this retreat, actually. Both of us were here at Hume like as freshmen. Um, and we were both just learning so much and taking steps in our walk with God. And it was a really great friendship that we had. Um, and then and our sophomore year in the fall, like as her responsibilities increased, she kind of pulled back from community, similar to, to Brandon. Um, she became a leader in a club called SC Outfitters, which is like, they go like backpacking on the weekend. It's really fun. Um, but like planning and going on all those weekend trips was like a big burden on her schedule on top of harder classes. So her time was really monopolized by, by those things. And she sort of deprioritized community and her relationship with God as a result, um, which led to kind of a challenging semester. And because she had pulled back from community and wasn't really attending a life group, she sort of missed out on having communities to support her and really help her through that. Um, she also decided to study abroad her spring semester, sophomore year. Um, and I think she had a lot of fun while she was abroad, but coming back her junior year was pretty challenging because she had really pulled away from community and it was hard for her to get back into it. And her relationship with God really, really suffered as a result. Um, so, I mean, there's an example of someone who I think fell into this trap of the sophomore slump. So I hope you guys can, can see that and choose a different direction. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about that. The antidote to the sophomore slump, we think, is um, take initiative. Often the response, like you saw in the two examples we shared, um, the response to the sophomore slump is to pull away from community, but instead you guys should really lean into it. Take initiative. You've heard this phrase, maybe you must be present to win. Um, I think that's so true and so important with your sophomore year especially. Like You, you guys really need to choose um, to prioritize the things that are important, and that's you know community, so prioritize showing up to stuff. And I think I've seen over and over that that really results in a win for a lot of sophomores. Um, does someone have their Bible, and could you read Hebrews 10, 24, and 25? Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Thank you. Um, okay. 
And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah, thank you. Um, so this, I think, connects a lot to what Bob has been saying in some of the main sessions, that like we really need to have friends and community that will spur us on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could you read it again, Adam? Thank you. <laughs> and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Thank you. Yeah, so this, this verse, I think, is particularly calling out those who have neglected to meet together, right? Like, whatever the circumstance is, maybe they're busy with other stuff, you know, maybe it wasn't even a conscious decision, maybe other things just became more important or felt more urgent. They neglected to meet together. Um, but this verse is really challenging us to, to prioritize that and not fall into that trap, to lean into community and be present. Okay, so I have two sub-points for you under the take initiative antidote. Um, first, take initiative to be invested in. Take initiative to be invested in. Um, for students at USC, we have life groups for sophomores. Um, at Chico, I'm sure you guys, do you guys have life groups? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, so go to a life group and figure out who the leader is, and I would really recommend getting time with them. Ask them good questions. Um, a couple of good questions you can ask your leaders to help them invest in you are, um, like, what are some areas that you think I should work on or grow in? And your leader can answer that. And, you know, this, of course, requires you to be really open and honest about your life with them so that they can really speak into that and help you identify some areas that you can grow in. Um, another question that I love to ask my leaders, I think is so helpful, is show them your schedule and then say, is there something I should be giving more time to or less time to? And this really helps your leaders speak into, you know, helping you identify what your priorities are and how you're living those out and maybe how those should be shifted. Um, okay, so take initiative to be invested in. The second thing, take initiative to deepen your relationships where they matter. Take initiative to deepen your relationships where they matter. Um, there are a lot of different people that you could spend time with, um, so you really need to make a choice to spend time with the people who you want to be like, who you want to do life with, um, the people who are going to help you get to know God better. Um, you know, Bob talked a lot about the importance of friendships, and he has friends, you know, he showed that slide of those, like, five or six guys that he's been, you know, relating with for 50-something years. Um, you guys have an opportunity to set the foundation for that your sophomore year. So take initiative to deepen relationships where they matter. Um, as a side note for the USC students, discipleship team is offered to you. I, a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about is built into to discipleship team. DT really provides a structure for you to not only be invested in, but also build, build quality relationships and deepen those. So I would recommend taking advantage of that. Yeah. Um, we'll jump down to the second point, um, the sophomore high school. And question for you guys, does anyone know what the word sophomore means? High school. Yeah. It like really comes out of, yeah, I handed it to you, but it like really comes from the Latin word. I think it's uh, sophos and moros. Um, and yeah, the, the reason why... 
Maybe it's Greek. I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not a uh, linguistic scholar. But you know, I think the reason why that that term is given to you know second years in college, second years in high school, is because you know, you've gone through your freshman year and you sort of know enough to know how the system works. Like you know how things are run, how things happen, but oftentimes you don't know enough or don't have enough experience to understand that there's a lot that you don't know, <laughs> um, or just what it is exactly that you don't know. Um, and so a common thing we see in sophomores is just like them thinking that, oh, I went through my freshman year, therefore like I know everything, um, or like I don't need to seek input for decisions. Um, you know, the Proverbs speaks pretty strongly against this in like Proverbs 26. 12, uh, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Um, I think a personal example where I did this um, is kind of in two areas that sort of relate, but um, the first was I was in a relationship when I was a sophomore. I was dating a girl that I knew from high school, and um, she went to UC San Diego. And so I think because of that, like the people who were investing in me, they never really saw a relationship happen. Like they couldn't watch and then like ask questions about things. So pretty much everything they knew was just based on what I would tell them. Um, and I really like kind of thought that I was doing things well, things were going good, and I was doing a good job, and I didn't need to talk a ton about it, and so I didn't talk a ton about it, and therefore they couldn't help me very much in it, and it ended up that it like really was not um, a healthy relationship, I'm not going to, I think get back to that in a second, but um, I remember when I was looking at my sophomore year summer, I was trying to think of what I'd do this summer, um, you know, I had those, my parents were really hardcore, like, you gotta get an internship, they're all about the internship, um, and my girlfriend, she was like, oh, you gotta come home to Sacramento, like, come home, come home, because um, we didn't get to see each other a lot during the year, and so pretty early on, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back home to Sacramento, and I'm gonna get an internship, that's what's gonna happen, um, and there are a lot of other things I could have considered, you know, there are a ton, um, my field is architecture, like, there's so many architecture firms in LA, like, I could have considered that, but I didn't, um, there are opportunities, like, similar to Project Impact or summer training programs, so let me grow my walk with God or mission trips that I also didn't really consider. Um, and what ended up happening was that I was having a really tough time finding an internship in Sacramento, and I ended up going home without one, continued to try to find one while I was there, and literally that summer did not find, did not do anything worthwhile. Like, also not growing up in the church, I didn't have a community in Sacramento to really be a part of, and so I literally went home, didn't, like, was stagnant in my walk with God, and didn't even do anything to build my resume <laughs> um, or get experience. And I really look back on that summer with a lot of regret and wishing I had talked more to my leaders. And Amber, going into my junior year, um, I suppose one thing that was uncovered that summer was me really seeing how unhealthy that relationship was. And I started to talk to my leaders as a junior. It was like the middle of my junior year, I ended up breaking up with her. So that was also then freshening up, like, why did I go home? Um, so, yeah, you know, if I had been more open and if I had really taken advantage of the guys investing in me, I think I could have totally avoided that scenario. Yeah, I I have probably many examples of myself being a wise fool as a sophomore, but one that I'll share with you, um, I was in a sorority my sophomore year at USC, and I had an opportunity to start 
leading a Bible study there, basically. Um, and so, you know, graduate of freshman connection, I was like, I know everything I need to know about the Bible study. Like, I got this, <laughs> which was a very prideful thought and a very untrue thought. Um, and so I didn't ask for any input. Like, I had all kinds of leaders and challenge that were, could have been really great resources for me and, like, helping me get this Bible study off the ground and, like, really succeeded in really helping a lot of girls in that sorority. But instead, I was like, I don't need your help. I'm going to do this on my own. And I made, I made many mistakes, particularly in how I structured the first meeting. I turned a lot of people off. Like, a lot of people came to this first Bible study, and just the way I had it structured and the things we were talking about, like, were just not helpful for where these girls were at. Um, so as a result of that, a lot of people were just like really turned off. And as a result, like this Bible study was not super successful fall my sophomore year. Um, so had I, you know, humbled myself and asked for input from the many resources and people that I had like willing to help me, that would have been really, I think it would have been really different and I could have helped a lot more people. Um, Okay, so the antidote to the wise fool we really think is humility and teachability. So I think that's on your sheet. Um, Proverbs 10.17 says, Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. That verse was really convicting for me because, you know, if, if those who reject instruction, not only do they screw up their own life, but if other people are following them, you can lead other people astray. So the stakes are high, basically, is what is my takeaway from that verse. Um, I have three tips for you for cultivating a life of humility and teachability. The first one is slow down your decision-making process and bring people into it. I'll say it one more time. Slow down your decision-making process and bring people into it. You really want to be asking wise people for input in all kinds of decisions, big and small. Um, some example you know, questions or decisions that I think are really helpful to ask for input on, I'll just kind of read off this list. Like, who should I live with next year? Um, what should I do with my summer? You know, Ian talked about that. <laughs> um, what job should I take? Should I date this person or not? Um, should I break up with this person that I'm dating? <laughs> uh, what church should I attend? What new responsibilities should I commit to, like joining a new club or a new leadership position? I think a lot of sophomores are faced with that one as you guys get more and more opportunities and responsibilities. Um, what should my schedule look like next semester? That's a good one to ask for input on. Um, how should I respond when my roommate doesn't do their dishes and it makes me really angry and frustrated? <laughs> That's also a good one. Um, what should I do when my when what my parents want me to do I think is not what God wants me to do? Like, what do I do when those two things are, like, butting heads? Um, anyway, those are just some examples of, of the types of decisions that I think are so helpful to ask for input on. Obviously, the list is a lot longer than that. Um, so when you guys are faced with things like that, like take a few days or weeks, depending on the magnitude of the decision, and really pray about it. Figure out what the Bible has to say about it, and then ask wise people for input, rather than just like making the decision by yourself without any of those things um, to provide input. 
Okay, Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So, yeah, I mean, again, this just reiterates the point. Like, you guys really want to be walking with people who are wise, who can speak wise, speak wisdom into your life and help you with those things. Um, Okay, that was the first tip. Slow down your decision-making process and bring people into it. The second tip is be open to input. So, you know, when you've asked for input on one of the questions that I just listed or something else, um, you want to have the humility to actually consider the advice that you're being provided with. Um, Accept the possibility that even though you may think you know the right thing, like you might actually be wrong. So accept that that possibility. Um, and again, you know, it is your life. You get to make your own decisions. That is the beauty of life. You do not have to do what your mentors recommend. Like you get to make your own decision. But I think what I'm trying to say here is be open to what they're suggesting. Like instead of just writing it off, mm-hmm. thinking I know the answer, be open to that input. Actually think about it and consider it. Yeah. Especially when it's different than what you wanted to do actually. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, the last one, this will be quick. Yeah. Yes, be open to input. Yeah. Um, the last one, the last tip for humility and teachability I have for you is take notes. I see a lot of you guys are taking notes right now, which is great, and I'm flattered. Um, <laughs> but it's a good idea to take notes at Challenge or at church, at Freshman Connection, you know, this week especially. Oh, my gosh. It is such a treat to be hearing from Bob and Chuck. Take notes, guys. Like, this is really, really valuable stuff. Um, because if you want to remember what you're hearing, you know, notes are a really great way for that to sink in. And for you to refer back to it later. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Sweet. Um, we'll jump into the last one. The sophomore click. Um, <clears throat> I remember being a freshman and coming in my like, first day on campus, first week, and it, it's just like it was just a scramble to make friends. Like, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but it was like, I have no friends, like, I'm lonely, like, everyone else doesn't have friends, like, we just want to find our friends, like, find our people, you know, kind of freshman year in general is sort of, like, a solidifying of those friends, and so when you come into your sophomore year, it's kind of like, I got my, I got my squad, you know, I got the people that I like, I want to do life with, um, and we've talked about friendship earlier being a really good thing, and it is, but one thing you notice in a lot of freshmen is that they can spend, like, all of their time. A lot of sophomores. Sophomores. Um, spending like all of their time in that little group of friends and really kind of get distracted from other opportunities going on Um, and I feel like it may not be immediately clear like what's wrong with that you know like friends are good you know Um, I want you guys I want to ask you guys who have been the leaders this year who have invested in you guys whether they're freshman connection leaders or staff uh, yeah, I mean, really just all the, for me, it's been, I've talked to more a couple times to each Romano, uh, John, and Josh. I think recently I've been going a little bit more to, uh, to Romano and John, and not as much as Josh, which is weird because Josh was the one who brought me in the challenge. So I was like, that was weird. They're all good guys. Yeah. Romano, John, Josh. Anybody else? Aaron. Aaron, Aaron. yeah. Green. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. What about a Chico? Who are some of the leaders? Um, Ellie. Ellie. 
Yeah, there's a lot of good examples. Um, you know, I, I bet those leaders, I bet they would have had a really fun time just like hanging out with each other. Like Josh and Romano, like they're super close. Like I bet they would have had a great time just hanging out with the two of them. Um, what do you guys think your years would have looked like if they did that? Much worse. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, when, like, like, yeah, our friendships are really important, but what we see in the life of mission of Jesus, and I think as an example of the student leaders, is that we need to really build a habit of looking out toward others um, and including the people that, you know, are on the fringe of challenge and maybe they're not like our besties but like we want to bring other people around and help them be welcome um i know it's mentioned a couple times in the big session i think a great example is like jesus talking to the woman at the well i mean he initiated that conversation with her asking her for a drink but i can just imagine him going back to the disciples that evening and telling them what happened and be like oh yeah i, I just talked to this woman at the well maybe like whoa, whoa, whoa like you, you were talking to a woman in public like, like, you don't do that, Jesus, why are you? And he'd be like, okay. And then he goes on, and she's a Samaritan woman. They're like, a Samaritan woman? Like, like Jesus, like, you know, like, we're above Samaritans. You don't talk to them. Like, what's going on? You know, and then he begins to tell them more. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, she's been married five times, and the man she lives with now isn't even her husband. And then the disciples are just like, holy smokes. Like, <laughs> like she's so insane. How can you be spending your time with her? You know, and what we see time and time again is that, like, Jesus goes out of his way to, like, welcome and build relationships with the people that everyone else rejects, that everyone else overlooks and doesn't think about. And, you know, if we're going to take his mission seriously, like, you know, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, like the Great Commission to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. Like, we're going to have to be inclusive, you know. Or, like, if we're going to live out of, like, John 13, 34, and 35, um, a new command I give you, love one another. Um, Just as I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Like, that's how we're going to show people we're his disciples. But, like, looking outside of ourselves to welcome those people in. Um, and you know, as a sophomore, like you guys are gonna have some good opportunities to do that. Like, there's there are gonna be some freshmen coming around that, believe it or not, are gonna look up to you. <laughs> you know? That's exciting, right? Yeah, like I mean, yeah. And there are gonna be new sophomores that are gonna be coming around that, like, you guys will have a chance to include and reach out to. And, yeah, I I really fell into this trap as a sophomore, I think. Um, as, as responsibilities increased for me my sophomore year, I felt like my friend, like my time with my friends, like my little clique, if you will, like became so much more valuable because all of us were busy with other things. Like the time that I spent with them felt like so much more valuable to me my sophomore year. So when some of my friends and myself included, like started to invite other people in, I started getting a little bit jealous that there were like all these new people coming around. I felt like, you know, almost these new people are like taking away from my time with my besties, um, which obviously does not line up with, you know, Jesus's mission and what Ian just shared. And over, over the course of my sophomore year, I, I started to realize that, um, 
And my friends and I, as sophomores, really started to look outside of ourselves and invite and include other people and really love them. And my friendships with, like, my close besties really flourished, like, in spite of that. And I think because of that, um, yeah, we really became focused on reaching out and including other people, and it was really good. Um, okay, so the antidote to the sophomore click is adopt radical inclusion, we think. Um, so you want to, I mean, Ian sort of start, Ian started to describe this a little bit, but you want to think, think about who are the people that are sort of like on the fringe of challenge. Like maybe they've come to Freshman Connection once or twice or Thursday nights. Um, they don't know a whole lot of people yet. Like you guys have an opportunity to reach out and like pull them in, make them feel really welcomed and loved. Um, I would encourage you to leave your comfortable group of friends in order to do that. Um, a, a helpful phrase that has been impactful for me is like grow out of the consumerist perspective on relationships grow out of that consumerist perspective like my friendships are not just about what I can get out of them like my time with my friends is not just all about me and what I can gain from them how good I feel when I spend time with them um, decide where you want to invest give back contribute and make an impact in this community you all have an opportunity to put this in practice here at Hume, I think. Um, like, at the next meal, what if you sat with someone who, like, you didn't know yet or you hadn't seen before this weekend? Hi, come on in. Um, and really, you know, love them, got to know them, help them feel included. What? <laughs> so you guys you guys have an opportunity to do that this week. You know, you have to wait until you're sophomores. So I would encourage you to do that now. That's all I have. Um, yeah, so these were, like, some of the three common patterns you've seen in sophomores. Hopefully you can, like, relate to them or understand them or even, like, envision, like, oh, yeah, I could see how that's going to start happening. Or maybe some of those are already starting to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I'd encourage you to, like, take a look at the juniors and seniors right now that, like, you guys really look up to. And, like, that they and look at their walk with God. Look at their impact. Look at their influence. And I honestly think that it's going to be, a, like, where they're at now is a direct result of their sophomore year. That, you know, they took initiative, they were present to win, and they won, you know. They were humble and teachable. They sought the counsel of other people. You know, they learned to adopt radical inclusion and build it into their lives. And, like, had a lot of growth from it and set themselves up really well to be leaders in challenge and eventually to graduate and, you know, go on and continue to deepen their walk with God and make disciples outside of college. But, um, you know, I think you guys have an extraordinary opportunity and I mean be, being here is like you guys are already setting yourselves up really well and um, I think you guys sophomore can be incredible and we're like excited to see what God does um, so yeah those were kind of the three the three things we're going to talk to you guys about and we will open up the rest of the time for questions
Do you want to repeat the question so they're recording? Yeah. <clears throat> um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the question was, how do you like combat the lie that, or the fear, or the fear that um, bringing somebody around challenge who has a very different um, lifestyle or uh, value system um, that you know they will negatively influence the group, um, and just that getting over that fear so that we can still bring them around. Um, I mean, the first thing I would probably do is just like accept and identify that like that's not true, um, and trying to think. Um, and I think there's a lot of examples. I think especially in the leaders of students that are really like mature and committed to their walk with God. Like I think there, I'm sure there are. Um, a phrase you may have heard is like, you know, we should be um, we should be thermostats, not thermometers. You know, like our faith should be strong enough that when we're around people that are a different temperature than us, that like we're the thermostat. Like we like don't waver in where we're at and we kind of set the tone as opposed to like, oh, I'm a thermometer. The people I'm around just impact how I'm acting. You know, I think there's, um, you know, I'm sure we have some students in challenge that maybe are more on the thermometer side, but there's a lot that are really confident in their walk. So, yeah. And I'm happy. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah. Is there anyone here that didn't grow up in church? Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that you guys are here. And, like, we see so many examples, like Ian said, of Jesus, you know, doing the exact opposite. Like, the woman at the well example that you shared. Like, Jesus was really inviting people that were of a totally different value system. Um, and I think you guys are really blessed to be a part of a ministry that has really strong leadership. Like, the staff and challenge and the student leaders are, are setting the pace. So, I, I would not worry about bringing someone in that's going to negatively impact the group. Yeah. That was a good question. Thank you. I think part of some sophomores you were talking about, like you were calling people salt of the world, but like they feel like it's easy to, like, become, like, in this salt shape with Christian conscious, like, they're like, little social leaders. How do you, like, come about not getting comfortable in places in the yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, the question was, how do you not get complacent and just hang out with other Christians? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the... I think it's going to be a combination of, like, I mean, identifying it as a problem, but also starting to look at your schedule and who you spend, who you spend time with. And... Um, I I have definitely seen the pattern in, like, as underclassmen, there's a big focus on, like, getting around challenge to be a good influence, and then, you know, as you guys develop into maturity, then it becomes, okay, now that you're mature, like, go out and impact other people. Um, I think there's definitely a balance to be struck between, like, who are the people that you are, like, doing life with, and who are the people that you are, like, hanging out with and reaching out to. You know, just because, like, yeah, I would say the people in challenge would be the people that you're doing life with, that you're really close with, very, like, consistent and intimate with. Like, 
it's okay to still be spending time with others. Um, like when I look back at my time in college, like yeah, my closest friends were all in challenge. Um, but I started to leverage the other things I was involved in. You know, I was an architecture student. I spent a lot of hours in the studio doing homework. That was a great time to talk to people, ask people questions, ask someone, hey, do you want to go to like dinner tonight? Um, you know, I was on the Ultimate Frisbee team. Like I met a lot of people there um, and got the chance to deepen relationships with them, to share the gospel with them, to like read through John with them or invite them to life too. I think it's just like looking at the opportunities you have and not letting, um, yeah, find the balance between not being consumed with like I only go to challenge stuff and not being consumed with like those are the people I'm running with and starting to really be influenced by as opposed to like you influencing. So I think it's just a little bit of a balance. I think remind yourself of the vision and the mission. Like, yeah. Memorize Matthew 28. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Um, and I think take taking initiative to be in, to be invested in, which was one of the points under the sophomore slump, like, is really helpful, too. If you can be invested in by someone who is doing that and can help you do that. Mm -hmm. that that's how I... That's how I did it my sophomore year. Yeah. I had leaders who were helping me. Yeah. Like being able to see the opportunities as well. Um, like I'm trying to think of, um, like I think like uh, one of the guys I work with or meet with is Kaleo, and I think he's done like a super good job. He's an accounting student, and mm -hmm. our life group is like half accountants because there's like people he's met in his class that he took the time with to yeah. like he like took the time to like hey like let's go get lunch and talk and get to know each other like oh hey I'm mm -hmm. playing Catan like do you want to come and like during those little normal opportunities he got to share about Christ with them and then they got interested and now they come to life group um, so I think just yeah learning to like see the opportunities will also be really helpful because like you know, I mean you guys close like around everything you know like <laughs> challenge are his people but like yeah. the areas he and he was like, you know, trying to work in. Yep. There you go. Get lunch with Cleo tomorrow. Ask him how he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. So, with Gates, an opportunity, whether it be like an internship or like a club leader's position, I just want to like, hear your insight how you went about that process, whether it be like talking to like the leader, like how do you find that balance of you don't have time to like really go off with God, but also whatever that might be interesting like pursuing those things mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah the question was when you're faced with an, a new opportunity like how do you go about making that decision is that a good question yeah <clears throat> I would probably um, I mean the first thing is I think I would filter it through your priorities or what you believe are the priorities that are God's um and as a subset of that, I would probably look at your current responsibilities and look at the additional new responsibilities and go like, okay, with what I have going on now, will this, ex will this new thing like fit into that and will I be able to continue to be faithful in my current responsibilities? Um, and I think one thing that is, I feel like sometimes it's overlooked as like, um, I feel like because it's not like you're not being greeted by someone, but like is, you know, your quiet times in the morning, like your individual time with God, and like time in life group and life group. Um, 
I think sometimes it's easy to like forget that like oh yeah that is like a response kind of a responsibility and yeah. um, a phrase that Neil says a lot which I think is sort of based off of the story of Martha and Mary um, you know where Mary is like at the feet of Jesus and Martha's like working and doing all this stuff and um, Jesus kind of rebukes Martha for working when she could be spending time with him is that like, God will not call you to so much that it prevents you from leisure at his feet. Like, if your responsibilities are so overwhelming that, like, it's taking you away from your walk with God, that's like a sign that you're doing more than what God wants you to do. Yeah. yeah. What would be a good first step to starting to bring people into decision making process? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think I would, I would say, um, like, look at the people that you're bringing in. I, I think I can attest that, like, the leaders in challenge and the staff in challenge are like here for your benefit and like not gonna you know um, like use that information against you or like think less of you like we've all been like so up and down and like, like I've done so much stuff in my past that like I'm not proud of or I'm ashamed of like I think like looking at the person you're sharing with and you know acknowledging or asking like you know are are they really going to judge me about this or like do they have a track record of accepting um and I think I mean if if that's still kind of getting hard I'm going to say just like start small like work your way into into that to like build your trust with that person if just like looking at that person's life isn't, isn't enough to trust them yeah, I would say, I think that was great, but just one other thought, like, identify someone who's further ahead that you think is trustworthy. Like, were you the one who said Brie was, yeah, like, I think Brie's a great person. She's a rock star. Brie's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I think you can just start, like, you start with small things. I think the reason why I tend to not ask for input is because I'm very prideful. Right. So, I mean, start with something small. Like, I'm trying to think of a small example of it. Well, okay, maybe a bigger example. Like, what do you think I should do with my summer, Bree? Like, here's what I'm thinking about. What are your thoughts? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, as I said, that, well, one isn't, but... Uh, I know a couple of the people, you know, a good number of the people who I've talked to and kind of really gotten close with as, like, you know, mentors who are, like, still students uh, and not staff, uh, which I'm kind of working more into, you know, getting uh, more kind of staff as well. Uh, we're scary. What? So we're scary. We did it. <laughs> uh, but 
Like, for example, as I said, like Joshua Romano. Like, yeah. Uh, there, those are at least Romano, especially uh, the person I've relied pretty heavily on. Like, we talk a lot. I'll go like meet with him a lot, and like even after events and stuff, like we'll talk for a while. And he's helped me a lot with many things. And, uh, I don't know if you guys experienced this with uh, when from going from freshman to sophomore year, like certain people who you kind of relied on leaving, mm. or like just not being, you know, even if they're you know around here, they're still not. You know, yeah. to the same degree at the events, maybe like, you know, there every time, have time to talk afterwards, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And kind of moving into maybe having new members, what, or new mentors. What are your um, sort of advice on that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I would say just lean into those new mentors. Mm-hmm. Like, Vermont, like, Romano will be. I mean, yeah, he's someone that you'll be able to spend time with and you can give him a call, but yeah, he's not going to be as available as he is this year. Yeah. You know, well, he's, and he's, he's not, like, seeing your life as up close and personal as maybe he is this year. So it's, I think it's helpful to get input from the people who, like, know your life. Yeah. So that'll be, next year, that'll be your life group leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like, they're going to be spending a lot of time with you, um, or there'll be the opportunity for you to spend a lot of time with them. And so... Um, they'll be able to help you a lot. Thank you. Doesn't mean your relationship with them has to end, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, just, I, I was thinking about that a lot um, just over the last like, little bit because it's like not close, well, sort of close, but like nearing the time I'm like, I'm like, who's the people I've talked to? And like, mm-hmm. oh, they're both seniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's, yeah. yeah, so I got to like, I was very focused a little bit on meeting some new people. And, yeah, like I can look back and I can see four really clear older guys that significantly invested in me and spent a ton of time with me. And like, did I miss the one before when whatever circumstance happened and they they weren't around? Like, like yeah, I miss them. Like, do I still talk to them? Yeah, sometimes. But I'm like so thankful for the ones, the new ones that I have every time. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was like disappointed or like you know I was, like there's a lot of good opportunities. Yeah. You had a question over there? Yeah. Um, I know we talked about a lot of things that we should avoid. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering for you guys personally, like other than um, seeking community and wise the best decision we made sophomore year other than season K8 and Wise Council? Yeah. That's a good question. Hmm. I broke up with my boyfriend. That was a good decision. <laughs> That's pretty personal, though. <laughs> I don't know if that'll apply to everyone. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. <laughs> um... I'm trying to think of something more specific or like maybe something other than what you may have heard before, but like my sophomore year, like I got up early and I spent time with God, like unrushed, undistracted every day. And like that set the tone for my day. It set the tone for my relationships and how I used my time. 
and yeah, I learned I learned a lot and grew a lot from that. I think it was also the first time I really began to try and take scripture memory seriously. Um, and I struggled with scripture memory for a long time. Like I think my freshman year, my discipler got me to memorize like 12 verses that I then forgot over the summer, and then I rememorized them my sophomore year, and then like my junior year, um, I kind of stopped doing it. And then the summer of my junior year was like a big point where I was like, I gotta start taking this seriously. And um, I mean, on and off my fourth and fifth year, but outside of college, it's it's become like my favorite spiritual discipline because it's kind of like the highlight reel of all my quiet times you know or like the highlight reel of like, like this retreat like I've been trying to like write down one verse from every session yeah to then memorize it so then I read that verse I'm like oh yeah that session at Hume 2022 like that and so when I'm going through my verses it's just like oh yeah that's oh yeah that's a good one you know and then throughout the day it's like still in my head um <laughs> that's what Ian does every morning at the kitchen table sweet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yeah, how did I deal with jealousy of like new people coming around, feeling like I might lose my friendships from freshman year? Um, I, I think I. I figured out a good balance in my schedule of like making time for my friends because like that's so important you guys Bob has been like pounding that over our heads or at least I've been like hearing that really well during the sessions like you want to make time for your friends but I think I realized that certain times during the week like at Freshman Connection or like at Thursday Night Challenge like that was a special opportunity because like I could see my friends at other times like that was a cool opportunity for me to instead of just hanging out with my friends to like reach out to other people mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think recognizing that like there are times for like hanging out with your besties that's really important and there are times for like really reaching out to new people and developing new relationships was helpful because then I didn't feel like after challenge on Thursday like oh this is the only time I'm getting with you during the week you know if I'm making time for that like Friday morning or whatever then it like takes the pressure off some of those like good opportunity times to reach out I think it, uh, this was specifically for Jenna, but um, <laughs> I also feel like as you guys you start to probably not. Um, like as you start to like grow and reaching out, like I do think that is like a healthy and a helpful part of your friendships as well. Because like right now, when I get time with, I mean, adult life, everything is just stretched even further. Like it's like some of my close friends, I make a time with them once a month, but, like, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of that time is, like, or some of it is, like, who are you reaching out to? Like, who are you building into? Yeah. And, like, we get to help. Pray for each other in that. Yeah, and, like, getting to help each other with that, and I think that's a point of, like, growth as well, because, like, I love talking to my friends about how they're getting after it, you know, how they're helping guys step into the kingdom, helping mature people. I mean, it's encouraging, and it's helpful for me, and I can be helpful for them, and we can pray for each other. Um, so, yeah. good questions. Anything else? Yeah. 
college so I was like preface with that but I spend like concentrated time with God in the morning so does Ian so that's like an opportunity to like review my verses and like you know read the word and like talk to God about what I'm reading and spend like focused time praying um and then like throughout the rest of the day I try to practice the presence of God, which means like just bringing God into my thought life. Like I, you know, I work eight, nine hours a day. So it's like, I have to, I'm focused on work, but I can bring God into my work. Talk to God about what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say that that is my, like one of my great strengths. (laughs) I am learning how to do that and growing in that. I do. What do you have to add? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think definitely a lot of similarities. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like treasure my time with God in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. days I don't get to spend time with Him. Um, I think sometimes, like, more than just beating myself up, or, like, I'll just feel like, I was like, oh man, like, God, you go so far. You know, like, God, like, I, I missed you this morning. Like, I, I, I blew it. You know, I didn't. Um, like a quick snooze or something. Um, yeah, and I think we spend, sorry, we spend time with God in the morning, like, not just because it's a habit. Like, we spend time with God in the morning because we really want to get to know Him. And that's, like, a really great way to do that, mm-hmm. to get to know God and love Him more, mm-hmm. like, by reading His Word in the morning. So that's why we do that. Yeah. So some things for me that are, in, I think, have become really important for me in my time with my like, quiet time is just the act of it being unrushed. Like, I try and reserve more time for it than I need because once I get, like, start to feel like I'm in a hurry, like, the quality, I feel like, really goes down. Um, and I, I totally agree with Jenna about practicing the presence of God. I think one of the habits I've tried to build is anytime I'm in transit somewhere, like I'm going from my house to the office, I'm going from my office to campus, I'm going from, you know, this one spot on campus to this other spot on campus. Like, as I'm going there, I just pray about where I'm going and pray for, like, God reveal opportunities. Like, God, fill me with your spirit. Help me to know what to do. God, help me to be patient with this person because they drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and I think um, that's primarily talking about coworkers. Um, I think um, Jerry Bridges gives this really good illustration in his book. Um, oh man, the discipline of grace. The discipline of grace. 
um, where he compares like the good day to the bad day. He's like the good day, you know, like I got up when I wanted to, I spent time with God. He like taught me something really cool. It was, I went to my office and like I found this opportunity to serve somebody, you know, I went to lunch with someone and got to share the gospel with them. You know, I did, you know, just like a good day, got my work done. I got to hang out with my friends. Like at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, that was sweet. Versus, you know, the bad day, maybe it's like, you know, I'm just exhausted in the morning, click snooze, miss time with God, you're late to your first class, you know, like, um, all this stuff you, like, don't understand, you know, you go somewhere, like, you lose your patience with somebody, like, you miss an appointment with someone, so, like, it's just, like, a bad day. Like, when we compare those two days, like, if this is God's standard, like, the bad day, it's, like, maybe we're, like, around here, you know, if this is, like, some type of vertical scale. And so, between us and Jesus, you know, or God, like, Jesus fills the gap. Us on a good day, maybe we're like here. <laughs> and there's still a gap. And my my position before God is still like, God, you're so good. Thank you so much for Jesus and the fact that through grace I can know you. Like on a good day, like that's my position. On a bad day, that's still my position because I'm in the same scenario no matter how good or bad my day is. Sweet. I wish you had dinner. Sweet. Thank Something, you guys thank so, much. so much. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the Spring Break 2022 season of the USC Christian Challenge podcast. Catch up on and review the rest of the sessions right here on all of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review if you'd please. Get involved and find out more about us, weekly small groups, and upcoming events like the Spring Break Retreat on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.